I'm Katie. And I'm Kay. And you're listening to the Babes of Quinny podcast. This episode is sponsored by Fit with Holly. Holly is a fit babe helping people achieve their fitness goals in a judgment-free zone. After going through her own fitness journey, Holly decided to start helping others on their health-focused fitness paths. Whether you're a fitness junkie or have no idea where to start in the gym, Holly is here to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. For one-on-one coaching or to be inspired by a kind-hearted, funny, realistic fitness baddie, follow Holly on Instagram at fit.with.holly.a. International Women's Day. I love women. I do, too. (laughs) International Women's Day, March 8th. Embrace equity. Oh, that's what it was. Equity. A world where difference is valued and celebrated. Together, we can forge women's equality. Collectively, we can all embrace equity. I love International Women's Day. I also love International Women's Day. And I'd also like... So, I feel... Sometimes Mm -hmm. there are certain types of people, because women do it too, that are like, why do we need International Women's Day? Why is there not an International Women's Day? There is. I celebrate that one too, because equality. Yeah. I think one thing this podcast, well, anyone can be a babe. Everyone's a babe. Everyone's a babe. So this isn't just for women, but... Through this podcast, I've met some incredible, we have met some incredible women in this community. Oh my God, yeah. And there are women in business in Belleville and Quinty kick and butt. There's women supporting women. It's a, it is a very supportive women community. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, like when, when I was farming, we were, our thing was like, we were an all female farm and that yeah. was what people knew us as, which was yeah. so funny. Um, but even in, in the agriculture world, there's so many women like kicking ass and in so many fields. And I think that is really special to see. And, and you know, these young, I look at my nieces, like all four of them, little tyrants, but they're like, they get to watch like their mom and their aunts and their grandmas like, like Killing kick it. butt, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, and that's what inspires the next generation, exactly. right? Exactly. And showing kids and women that, you can do anything. Yeah, um, nice. But today we talked to, we we did talk to her. Again, we're in a time machine because Kate, I'm still on vacation. Okay, um, yeah. But we talked, to Julie, we talked to Julie Sweeney and she reached out to us on Instagram um, around Christmas time because we did a post about blocking uh, certain body things for on, advertising, for advertising yeah. on Instagram. And she said, if you're ever wanting to talk about this. So she came in and then I realized that we could put this episode out on International Women's Day. And I think it is a very important topic because as, as females, I do feel there is, we are bombarded with, with topics about mm-hmm. our bodies. Um, so this is kind of just an open conversation about all, maybe our journeys and, and how what, she got where she how is. How she got to where she is and, and what she's doing for women. Yeah. I think it's honestly, it's one of those conversations that if you feel even remotely insecure about anything, like I, I just listen. Yeah. Um, so please enjoy. Today we are chatting with a Quinny transplant who is originally from the West Coast. Her hometown <laughs> is Comox, BC, and her first job was a page at her local library. 
She now calls the Bay of Quinney home. Julie Sweeney has an impressive resume. Right out of high school, she completed an office admin certificate. Later, she completed a legal assistance certificate and started a personal training certificate. Ultimately, she finished a diploma in advanced psychology and counseling and SSW at Loyalist College. She then went on to complete a degree in family and community social services through Guelph Humber. Julie's personal story is what led her to become a counselor who focuses on client-centered, solution-focused specialty in supporting women in finding freedom for themselves through a haze-based lens aimed at helping clients feel less alone in their struggles with body image. Julie offers women the opportunity to develop new skills and ways of thinking. Babes of Quinny, please welcome Julie to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited. I was <laughs> nervous, but then I was like doing my research last night. And I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be good. <laughs> I just like automatically walked in just like super nervous. I was like, oh, I'm so like, I don't know. I think I think though you um, you work with women on things that we kind of talk about a lot. Like we are very pro therapy, pro mm-hmm. trying to love yep. yourself. Um, and it can be hard to walk in and. and front of therapist and be like, yeah. oh, are you going to judge me or are you secretly uh, yeah. assessing my personhood, that type yeah. of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think too, personally, like I've been in therapy since I was 11 because mm-hmm. um, my mom told me this weekend, it was really fun. We were talking to my partner about me as a child and she's like, yeah, it wasn't great. You were very anxious, but I didn't realize that at the time. I just thought you were like a lot, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. same. Um, but it turns out I just had like crippling um, borderline personality disorder at the times okay. that I know now they diagnosed my childhood right. now. Um, so to me, therapist, I'm like, everyone should be in therapy. Everyone Absolutely. should go. But yeah. then yeah. people who don't go are like, but what about this? What about this? I'm like, just go. <laughs> and then it, you'll know. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be. Yeah. I feel like everybody, like, even if you're in like a really good place. Yes. Even if, you know, things are good in your relationship, even if things are whatever, I, th- I think that there's a place for therapy no matter what. Absolutely. Like for anything. Oh. It could be workplace. It could be, be couples. It could be sexy time stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm just for me, I go to therapy every month and I have since I started being a therapist because it's so vital to the process of me being able to not carry my stuff into sessions with mm-hmm. clients. For sure. So, yeah. and you know, life right now is pretty good. So that's, yeah. We just chat. Yeah, conversation, right? <laughs> that's what people too, I've all, like, I used to always, I'd be like, I'm happy. I don't need therapy right now, but. Jokes on me, I was in a manic episode, like <laughs> figure that out again later in life. But so then I really had to be conscious of like, okay, I may be good right now, but that doesn't mean I can cancel my therapy. I still have to go because there's probably things yeah. I need to talk about. So absolutely. Sorry, that was just a tangent because I'm very excited. <laughs> um, you have an impressive resume, like you have a lot of certificates. <laughs> yes. Um, how did those certificates and past jobs like influence where you are now? So it's a really interesting trajectory. I started with the office admin because I didn't um, want to or didn't believe in myself enough to take the enough high school university classes back mm-hmm. in BC in the day. Um, I graduated high school in 96 and um, you had to take a certain amount of, I don't know what they were called, They're provincial like the, exams, oh. provincial exams. You had to take those. And I didn't think I had enough wherewithal to do that because my math and my science were like not great. Um, so I decided, well, I'll go get an office job because it pays well back in the day and everything's good. Um, so I did that, met one of my closest friends there, which was awesome. And then did my co-op in Victoria. So at 19, I was able to move to Victoria, do the six month co-op with the Victoria government. And then, um, 
started working with the temp agency because getting a job in Victoria, I decided to stay. And I was like, I'm going to stay. I'm going to live this life. So I went on EI and did the, the temp thing. And then the temp thing led to working at the Bank of Montreal. Oh, okay. And then that's when I was taking my legal assistant certificate, which then put me in a position to work at a law firm. And then the law firm put me in a position to work um, at a place I won't say, um, because nobody likes it when their therapist was a former um, collection agency worker. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I worked as a legal clerk, so it was a little bit different side of things. Still awful and terrible in my person I am today could not have done that job. Mm-hmm. Um, the person I was then couldn't do that job either. Um, I was a very anxious, stressed out, depressed, sad um, person. Um, and then I got pregnant and was able to go on mat leave from that job. And so I did not want to go back. Like I just really didn't want to go back. So I found a new job. And then um, when my son was like one, and then did that for a bit, and then did my own business for a bit, and then went back and did um, my personal training certificate. And I did the exam, but I didn't do the first aid. And Mm -hmm. I didn't do the – because I didn't want to do the in-person co-op part because of my body. Right? So I was like, Hmm. who's going to have a trainer who doesn't look like a trainer? Oh, yeah. Right? So that was sort of my my – issue at that point. And my husband was deployed. He's military and he was deployed to Afghanistan, uh, 2009, 2010. And at that time I sort of ate my way through my depression of that deployment. Um, and he was gone over a course of a year and a half. He was gone for all but two months and a few days here and there. So it was a really long time to have a three, four, five-year-old to be on my own, to be processing my own body stuff. Um, so I decided not to continue that. And that was disappointing because I really enjoy the body. Um, I have become a yoga teacher since mm-hmm. then. Um, and I teach specifically yoga for round bodies, um, modifications, because I realized that there are people who would like to work with people who have a body like mine, mm-hmm. which is, you know, um, classified in society as plus size or whatever you want to call Isn't it. Isn't that so fun? We'll unpack that later. <laughs> but yes, so many feelings. About so this. many feelings about that word. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, after that, I was I was actually working front desk for a psychiatrist who worked mostly with ADHD adults. And that was really amazing process. So I did my certificate, my personal training certificate while I was working front desk there because it was super quiet. It was just him and me and like a client every 30 minutes. So I had a lot of downtime. Um, And he let me. He was like, yeah, do whatever you need to do. Um, Oh, that's great. Yeah, he was wonderful. Little, uh, he was in his 70s. He was like five foot two Irishman. He was awesome. (laughs) Um, Just a really compassionate, kind uh, psychiatrist, which is hard to find. Um, So I worked there and then I said, what do you think about me becoming a counselor? And he was like, oh, I think you'd be great at that. You're so good with the people at the front. And I said, okay. So that was like a February. And by March, I was in school. Wow. <laughs> Just to I really go for it. I don't sit on things. I don't yeah. sit on Us things. Me either. Yeah, no. That's <laughs> how this started. Think, if you think too long, then you're going to you, change your yeah, mind. Exactly. Yeah. Got to dive in. Yes. So I did. I, I dove right in. Again, he let me work um, through my schooling when I wasn't oh, answering that's phones. that's great. So... I worked there three days a week and did some stuff there. And then I worked really hard at home. Um, By then, my husband was 
uh, off deployment, but he was still Navy. So he was still in and out and in and out. And some years it was, you know, he was gone to sea 275 days, but like not in a row. So he'd be in and out and in and out. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. Like, like personally, I want to do well with that because I really like my schedule. So yes. I can see how even like yes. that would be a lot. Oh, and to my kid too, right? Yeah. Like it, that was really challenging. Like the dad's gone all week, but comes home on the weekends, but is too exhausted. And then by Sunday, he's thinking about going out again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of military spouse stuff that I could talk about too, but we're not there. We're here for that. So um, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll you're coming back. back. We're going to come um, back. <laughs> and then, um, so when I did that program, it was an accelerated program and it was a new, it was one course at a time for a year. So oh, you did okay. every three weeks. So like a 500 page textbook didn't matter. You were, that was your course and you, you did that course for three weeks. So it was very, very intensive. And, um, I loved every minute of it. I loved it so much. So that was the really centered on counseling mm -hmm. NBC. Um, every province is different. So NBC, it's different what you're allowed to do, which is why I took the SSW when I came here was because I had to translate my education from BC to Ontario. Oh, and what SSW? So social for? service worker oh, okay. at Loyalist. Okay. So, and now I teach in that program actually. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I teach at the um, FNTI as well, First Nations Technical yeah, yeah. Institute. I teach at their SSW and their mental health and addictions programs as well. Holy. So. Big snaps. <laughs> like you're busy. <laughs> I like this. I am. I am. I like to be busy and I like to help new um, grads come into their own mm -hmm. um, and share my stories because I didn't have that. So my program was all online. It was great. You had interactions online, but there wasn't like it. There was no video. There was no classes to show up to. Oh, so you, you were it was teaching yourself, just like reading the textbook, yeah. Yeah. reading the textbook, doing a whole bunch of assignments in that three weeks. And um, <clears throat> so I like to provide a bit of a, a different experience yeah. for students. But was very well versed when we hit COVID and had to translate to everything to online. I was yeah. like, I got this. That's so easy. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. So I brought my education here. Um, but when I was back home, I started my practice mm -hmm. not knowing we were going to be moving in a year. Oh. So I started my practice, found a really cute little place to practice out of, and started taking clients. And it was amazing. And I did a program in my schooling. So for the uh, diploma that I did, we had to have 18 hours a week, uh, no, a month of placement type mm -hmm. situation. And so I worked with our local MFRC, Military Family Resource Center, and Marianne Ostapovich was my supervisor. She was a, a social worker there, and she was just like the complete opposite of me. And uh, <clears throat> I was very type A, and she was very not type A. <laughs> And so she was running groups the entire time. So oh. I got to run Mind Over Mood, which is a depression and anxiety CBT group, over and over and over and over again with different groups of military spouses. And that was amazing. But as I sat there and listened to stories, I noticed that the thing that that book misses out on is body image. Mm -hmm. And everyone that was in the group, myself included, had partners that were coming in and out and body image kept coming up, right? Because you're like, has my body changed? Has this happened? So there's a lot of these um, conversations happening. And at the same time, I had to produce a group project or a group um, situation or a group scenario for a class. Mm -hmm. And I said to Marianne, I said, look, I'm looking at putting this thing together called Worth Your Weight. And I'm going to put it together and then could I run it before I'm done? And she was like, absolutely. I was like, 
you're the best. <laughs> um, right? So Love I'm this. still under supervision and I get to run this program. So we contacted all the people who had already taken um, Mind Over Mood and we got to run, I got to run Worth Your Weight for eight weeks. Wow. It's not an eight-week program. It's probably a 12 to 24-week program, <laughs> but we ran it for eight weeks because that's what I had. And it was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing in the way that um, I could create a program. It was very CBT-based. It was very psychoeducational. Um, it has adapted and morphed and become such beautiful things over the years. Um, but that very first one, um, I just saw this shift in people thinking, oh, maybe this isn't just about my body. Maybe this is about more, mm -hmm. right? And I was processing my own stuff through all this. So I'm digging deep outside of this. There's, I'm finding things online. I'm reading books. There wasn't the community that there is now. So um, I ran that program. And when I graduated, I kept running it. Oh, okay. And so I ran it in the community a few times. And then uh, there was a really sweet group of people who were like, we need a 2.0. Oh, and I was like, okay. So I created a 2.0. They came back. We ran a 2.0. Um, so I'm doing this all in this year that I am in Victoria. We find out we're going to be moving and I'm having to shut things down mm -hmm. and it's devastating, right? Mm -hmm. Just everything is going so well. So we moved here. Everything is not going so well because I know nobody. I have no work contacts. Um, and I left my family. I'd been on the island for 35 years at that point, or 30 years, because I was 35 and we moved there when I was five. My dad was military too. I moved away from my mom and dad. I, my kid was 10. So like a really pivotal transition point mm -hmm. for him. Um, and my husband had a job and he could just go to work and I didn't have a job and I didn't have my school. And mm -hmm. I, you know, a couple clients came with me virtually, but nothing really substantial. So I decided to go back to school and translate my education and, you know, why not just keep going back to school? And so I did the SSW, met better contacts that were in my field. I worked at CMHA for a little bit. Oh. Um, it, now it's the Enrichment Center yeah. for Mental Health, but mm -hmm. it was a CMHA. And Sandy Sidworth was a teacher of mine during my SSW. And she had me in for six months. And then I worked at Girls Inc. For, yeah, we had them we had on. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I worked with them for a couple of years. Oh, that's cool. And then when I left them, I got the position with Loyalist to work part-time. Uh, in 2018. So I started teaching counseling. Um, and that's what I'm doing right now. So on Friday afternoons, I teach counseling there. And one week every month or two, I teach at FNTI because they're an accelerated program as well. I couldn't imagine. It's intense. Yeah. It's really intense. I got lots of marking to do. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> that's okay. It's really fascinating to listen mm -hmm. to the students' stories. Um, so yeah, I, I love teaching. So and then I've got my private practice, of course. I work five or six days a week um, <laughs> at and around all this other. And um, yeah, so I take Sundays off. Well, good one day <laughs> off. That's what we need. <laughs> this year I I'm take, trying to take a couple. I took the whole long weekend, Saturday, oh, Sunday, good. Monday. I had three days off, which is Perfect. why I'm, it's not coffee. This is just me on three oh, days off. Oh, wow. Yeah, wired. <laughs> it is crazy. Like I've realized I thrive on being busy. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going away for two weeks. And she, like this morning in our meeting, I was like, you can reach my by, by email. And Kay was like, no, you cannot. I was like, <laughs> I was like Vito, no, email me. I was like, yes. okay, okay. I'll actually yes. take the time off, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. um, so how long have you been in this area? Like when did you guys get moved here? September 2014. So you've been here a fair amount of time yeah, now. Coming up on nine years in September. Wow. That's it's weird to say. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. I thought we'd be back on the island by now, honestly. Do you think, is that how it works? Like what, what is like the... 
Well, when your husband likes to change trades, it doesn't work the same. Oh, okay. So we came here. He was actually Air Force, and now he's Army. Um, and when we left before, I mean, when we met, he was Navy. So we've done all three. Oh, good. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, I'm going to keep husband. it interesting. Yeah, exactly. And he likes what he's doing now, and they really like him. So I think we're here for, for a, a significant amount of time. Yeah. Obviously, this is not BC, but how, how do you like it? <laughs> The My most favorite thing about living here is that we have access to so many great places without a ferry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living on the island, it's expensive to yeah. like hop off and hop on and you need a car. So it's like 200 bucks round trip just to leave the island and come back. Jesus. Wow. Right? Yeah. So like, no, thank you. This is great. Go down to Toronto, come back, yeah. wherever. So I really like that. I like that there's access to water everywhere. We live in Frankfurt. So nice. we're... Beautiful water. It's yeah. beautiful. I love yeah. Frankfurt yeah. so I love much. Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's kind of on our radar of moving to. It's gorgeous. Um, we're really here to talk about some body positivity things. And I think, well, I speaking for myself, like that it's been a journey I've personally been on and I'm still on. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized last year. Yeah, no, two years ago maybe that I kind of had disordered eating. And mm-hmm. the best part was I didn't think I had a problem. I was like, this is fine. I'm only eating 900 calories a day. I'm aggressively tracking it. And I'm doing great. And I don't – I only panic a little bit if I go over <laughs> my calorie intake. I'm fine. Then I got a little drunk and I was telling my friends about it. And they're like, that's not great. No. And I was like, oh, really? so fun that you're telling me this. And then I realized over time that – um, as I said earlier, like I've been in therapy a lot, but yeah. that's never been something I've talked about in therapy. A lot of people go through yeah. that. Yeah. And it, because I'm just like, it's my own thing. Like. It's also really normalized. Yeah. Like super diet normalized. culture is normalized. So yeah. why would it be problematic? And I grew up in the early 2000s <laughs> where you did wear low rise jeans. You <laughs> were expected to be sticks then. And like Weight Watcher commercials were everywhere. I was put on Weight Watchers mm-hmm. and as at like like 10 yeah and that was like I drank slim fast for breakfast Mm -hmm. because I was slightly heavier than kids in my class so I think that's like the culture I grew we grew up in absolutely and I grew up in the dance studio yeah so it was like and I wasn't built like the other girls you know but I wasn't big by any means like because I was dancing you know four or five days a week I just I was bigger than tiny yes 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 I was I was also taller than tiny yeah yeah. Which I, affects things and yeah. Yeah, I was a tall kid and I I when we moved to Belleville, I think for me who already had anxiety, it was like triggering and mm-hmm. I was like a stress I'm still a stress eater to this day. Right. But I was I just grew like I was tall and I was big and love my family, but we're a bigger family. Like yeah. It's just how we're built. And I always compared myself to ever like I was like, mm. well, why don't I look like that? Or like comparison yeah. is really it's evil. Yeah. Well, they could say it's the thief of joy. Yeah. I compare so. myself to myself. Yes. <laughs> which is like the worst kind. Yeah. Yeah. I have a really I have a really hard time with that. And you know, I don't know that I've met anybody who doesn't have a hard time with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until they process through things. Yeah. Um Feeling like you're the only person in the room who's experiencing disordered eating mm-hmm. or body image issues and really knowing that's probably 99% of the room, yeah. not you as the 1%, right? Yeah. Like, But we're all in our own heads mm-hmm. and it's really problematic. And I think too, social media made it worse mm-hmm. because I remember grade 12 when, so I was like 17 and that's when my depression was really bad. But so I started using my food mm-hmm. as 
um, it was always the thing I could control. Yes. And I think that's a probably a common yeah. theme. So I would control it. And that's like the lightest I ever got. But I was working out like crazy. And then I was following all these like fitness influencers. And I'm like, but you might just be built like that. Yeah. So I'm never going to attain that even if I'm like eating like in a calorie deficit and working out every day. Yeah. So it was like, I'm still working on changing my mindset, but it is about changing that mindset and like nourishing your body. It is. And it's about being immersed in the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're immersed in podcasts that are um, focused on this type of information. You're focused on books and music. Like there's some great music that is so empowering. And um, you take little courses or you you lean in, mm-hmm. right, to the good stuff. And then as we immerse ourselves in that, we can really find ourselves on the other side uh, at some point. I won't say it's quick, but uh, <laughs> because it is always a journey, right? Yeah. There's, there's always an aspect of ourselves that we want to improve, which is different than berating ourselves for not being good enough. Katie, you love the gym, right? It's complicated. It's an on again, off again thing. And don't even get me started on my complicated relationship with food. Well, when Holly reached out to us to start a partnership, I was kind of nervous, to be honest. However, after chatting with her and getting to know her process, I knew she was the perfect fit for us. That's so true. She is our kind of fitness babe. Holly works closely with her clients in a one-on-one program to give them the knowledge they need to succeed in reaching their goals. Plus, she reminds her clients and social media followers of the importance of listening to your body and understanding the power of a balanced diet and lifestyle. If you are new to the gym or are a seasoned regular but want to take it to the next level, Holly is the fitness babe for you. Follow Holly on Instagram at fit.with.holly.a and tap the link in her bio to connect. Yeah. Oof. How are you doing over there? Like, I'm just like sitting here. I'm like, don't cry. You put eyelashes on today. She did. But I, yeah, you can't cry. You have eyelashes on. There we go. We're fine. It's fine. It's fine in here. Fine. I think though it is, especially, I'm sure I only have it from like a female lens, but mm-hmm. that pressure that's put on. And, and here's one thing that drives me insane. People always will comment it like when I was losing weight in very he- unhealthy ways, people are always like, look at you, little skinny mini. And I'm like, great. Yeah. Thank you. Like, but what do you do with that? So I have this mind. No, never comment on anyone's weight. Yes. Good, bad. Don't do it. Well, there is no good or bad. No. Because that's the thing, right? We're all built differently. You can literally be healthy at any size. Yeah. And I don't think people can wrap their heads around that. And you know what? I'm not healthy. I've got issues. I got fibromyalgia and I've got yeah. uh, other stuff. Like I'm not healthy at my size, but that doesn't mean I can change my size and be healthier. Yeah. That's not no, exactly. that That's works, how it works. Right. right? Yeah. So healthy at any size. Sure. But also why are we judging somebody's health status? Yeah. So like, really, why do we care? Right. And I don't know that it's caring as much as it is. <sighs> Some people judging. Care. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I had, this one man and he this is like years and years yeah. ago and he like would incessantly comment about my body mm-hmm. on the internet and I'm just every time I would block it would pop back up and I'm like why are you so obsessed with me mm-hmm. like, and what question. I look like and you know if my thigh is just like a little bit bigger than it was like a month ago or like it was like psychotic level shit but um wow yeah no the audacity of people yes yeah 
So you speak on topics. I do. Um, including self-care for self-confidence, body image, and disordered eating. What is self-care for self-confidence? Because this sounds great. <laughs> self-care for self-confidence is being intentional, right? Because one of the things that we do is we do take care of ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, most of us on some level, but we're doing it is as a routine. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it intentionally. Like we're not showering intentionally. We're just getting in the shower and that's because that's what we do. So when we're doing self-care for self-confidence, what we're doing is we're saying, I'm worth it. I am worth products I love and a This sounds silly, but a towel that I love that fits around my body. Mm -hmm. That is a fucking struggle. (laughs) Hey, I really have a bone to pick with towel companies. You tell me towels? No, they don't work. Fucking, you call it a bath sheet? (laughs) What? Bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. I'm like, oh God, I didn't realize this was such a trigger point, but I'm like, I'm so mad. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, like it's like around my boobs and it's like open. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great. I can't even like walk outside with my kid having her door open. Right. Because I don't want to just traumatize her. And this is the thing. So like towels or you go to a spa and can you wear the robe that they give you? I don't know. Right. So do you, you have to call ahead. Like there's just all this stuff. So self-care for self-confidence is building those type of practices in. Mm-hmm. If you... um If you're doing things that are routine, that's great. If your self-care is routine, that's great. But how can you make it intentional? How can you bring yourself into the self-care so that it's actually making you feel better? It's not just not just taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's all well and good to, you know, eat some vegetables, let's say. But do you like them? No, I don't. (laughs) Right. Yes. I'll tell you right now. (laughs) Could you like them in a different way? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, My husband and I found a salad. Well, he found it at uh, Independent Mm -hmm. and it's really just salad, like greens and then some microgreen kind of things on top. But it's so crunchy. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a salad I like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't give me sad like garden salad. Mm -hmm. I want something crunchy if I'm going to have it. Right. So like, again, being intentional about your choices can be like, I'm not going to eat any old pizza. I want to eat this pizza. I'm not going to eat any old mm-hmm. breakfast. I want to eat this breakfast. I'm not going to waste my time on things that don't bring me joy. Yeah. I love that. I think too, I've had to start realizing, uh, talking about self-care, mm. putting on a little bit of makeup or like actually moisturizing my skin mm. is, I can do that for me and that doesn't mean I'm selfish. No. It just means I'm taking care of myself and showing myself love, which I think took me a long time to realize. My very first Facebook page um, when I was just trying to vent my life was called Mom, Wife, Me because I always came last. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to dissect that and figure out why mm-hmm. I was coming last and um, if we have a moment for a, a funny story. Always. Um, always. So <laughs> always. It, at 25, I found myself in therapy for the first time and um, <laughs> Bernice, I remember her name, Bernice, and she was um, doing her master's. So she got to keep me on longer for free, which was excellent for me <laughs> at 25, right? Um, and she said to me in like session one, what do you do for self-care? And I said, I have no idea what that is. And she kind of looked at me like, 
okay. So she explained it and I was like, that sounds great. Like, want it. I really, yeah, I feel that. But when I left the session, I called my mom and I said, mom, why didn't you tell me about self-care? And she says, what's that? Oh boy. We can't teach. Yes. What we don't know. Yeah, true. And in that moment, I recognize my mom's 29 years older than me, so she was 50. And I was like, oh, I've never been modeled this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And how can we, even for our friends and our family and, and just the people around us, how can we model self-care if we've never learned that it exists, that it's the best thing in the world for us, mm-hmm. and that it's not selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it was really impactful for me. I mean, to be completely transparent and honest, I didn't apply those roles that Bernice showed me or those ideas until I was 33. But you know, (laughs) know, we all though. Yeah. Like I really liked it at 25. I just didn't really get into it till I was until after Afghanistan, after my husband went to Afghanistan was when I was really like, I was broken over that time and Mm -hmm. I needed to heal and self-care was one of the ways that I learned to do that. What's your favorite self-care trick, tip, activity? I don't know. Well, as a yoga teacher, I love a good um, yoga practice. Okay. Um, And even if that's five minutes of stretching, I love reading. Um, I read fiction at night because I don't need to remember it necessarily. I can pick it back up later. Mm -hmm. But I, and I read on the library app, but for nonfiction I read it I highlight it and then I write those highlights in a book like a journal so I'm like a three-step process read it highlight it rewrite it Mm -hmm. Um, because if I want to pass that book along then they have the highlights but I still have the highlights yeah thanks I give it back oh I like that yeah what would you tell people because you also speak on body image and disordered eating what should people do to start that process if they haven't yet of of healing well, I mean, show up for yourself. Oh, I feel like. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. No, it's fine. I'm good. You're good. Yeah, no. <laughs> we don't show up for ourselves. We don't recognize that we're causing harm to ourselves because we're so busy taking care of others. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Single mom life. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to take care of us. Uh-huh. We need to show up for ourselves. Wow. We need to put ourselves in the path of joy. Every single day. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, we're going to suffer. Yeah. And there's a trickle down effect. Absolutely. With the good and the bad. Yes. So it's like, yeah. And that's the thing, right? We pass along what we know, whether that's self-care or self-harm. Yeah. Right? And living your life immersed in diet culture and um, the constraints of calories in, calories out, and not feeling worth enough to go to a yoga class, right? That's mm-hmm. why I became a yoga teacher because I was like, no one knows what to do with my body. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that like, wasn't okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally get that because it's like, I did, before I got pregnant with my youngest, I had lost like 85 pounds. And this was through, we did P90X mm. six, di- six days a week. And next to no, like it was mm. like 1200 calories max. Like it was absolutely, it was so unhealthy mm-hmm. because I'm like, realistically, who's working out six days a week? Like, how it, does that, how do I translate that into my real life? I was right. set up to fail. Like, yep. it was like, there's no way I can keep this up. I'm doing all these, like, and they have like a yoga class day oh, yeah. or whatever on it. And I'm like, 
I literally cannot bend myself like that. Like, right. mm-hmm. and it's like, you're not showing me ways I can still do the movements mm-hmm. and, you know, get the benefit of the exercise because, because I'm bigger. Yep. And it's like, once I lost weight, it, like, obviously like those things happened, but like, it was just, it was a really uncomfortable place to be. Yeah, absolutely. When I was taking my teacher training, um, <laughs> This should have been obvious. I mean, I was in my 30s. But anyways, um, we all have different limb length. Yes. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, you know, like putting your arms down on the floor and like lifting yourself up. Well, my arms don't even come down to the floor when I sit on. The, like that is not a thing my limbs are long enough to do. Yeah. So I was watching this and going, my arms are short. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like I literally I can't, cannot do that. Right. Like it's not. Because I'm not possible. strong. It's literally I'm too short. <laughs> yes. So I use blocks and I use um, like yoga straps and we use bolsters and we use all the props in my classes because I want people to feel like they can access things um, for their bodies. So mm-hmm. part of what I do for body image and disorder needing, like you said um, earlier, is is help people understand that, you know, 1200 calories is uh, like what a toddler needs. 1,800 calories sustains our um, organs, and the BMI is BS. Oh, my God, BMI. This (laughs) this is a thing I hate because growing up, my doctor constantly had to tell my mom I was overweight. Mm -hmm. But I was short, and I was just an average size. Mm -hmm. Um, So as a kid, constantly hearing you're overweight (laughs) is – now I look back, I'm like, oh, that was an issue. Yeah. Like why? Like why did I? Just because I was shorter and and was a bit heavier, I was like I was still athletic. I played all the sports. I didn't eat that poorly. I ate what everyone else was eating. Um, so why then was I constantly told I was overweight and had to like watch what I was eating? Listen to this. So in the my eleventh grade health class, mm. no, they <laughs> did it in school. We had to go up one by one Fuck and off. do this BMI thing was to it cal- the caliper. The, where it pitches mm-hmm. your fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I we had that. to have our classmates guess our BMI. Oh, no. I hate that so much. Wow. It was so traumatizing because mm. I wasn't like, like in high school, I was 115, 120 pounds. And like I'm, you know, five, six and a half ish. So like this, I, I was not like a large person no, by any means. Yeah. And I was considered overweight. And that just like fucked up my whole like. Yeah. And if weeks. we if we recognize that the BMI was created by a mathematician Shocking. and not a scientist. Was it also a man? Of course it was. <laughs> and it was based on uh, white men's structure. Yeah. So it has no basis in health, first of all. Second of all, um, in the 90s, the insurance company was like, mm, we don't have enough people who are you know, using our services. So we need to change the BMI. And they adjusted it in the 90s. So like people went to bed, not overweight, classified and went, came. yeah. So like it is a, like if you can do that, it's not science. If mm-hmm. you're just like, mm, that doesn't seem good anymore. Yeah. Like, like that's not how it works. No. So BMI is lazy medicine. Okay. Noted. Noted. Do not, if, mm, I, yeah, I, I get a little ragey about the BMI. I love it. Please do it. I love oh, ragey. I just, I can't even understand how doctors cannot look at wh- how it was created, the changes that were made in the 90s, and then be like, yeah, that seems, that seems pretty That's good. That's legit. That's legit. I can totally use that for my, my people. Um, and 
doctors are historically and currently so fat phobic that, oh God, it's disgusting. you know, I could write letters to so many doctors here in even our area that are causing harm to my clients. Oh, really? It's really sad. And my doctor included, um, <laughs> she asked me, um, never asking what I eat or what I do or anything. Cause you know, they just look at your body and they're like, well, <laughs> clearly. Um, and she says, do you, have you heard of Weight Watchers? <laughs> Yeah, when I was 11, yeah, let's like, talk about it. Yeah, I'm a woman, one. I'm in my, I think I was in my late 30s, early 40s at that point. Yeah, heard yeah. about it, done it. You want the other 16 programs I've tried and done? But they are, they're set up to fail. Yeah. Right? They set you up to fail. Yeah. That's why, you know, but it works. You have an Does S on it? that. <laughs> yeah, you have an S on that. So it works when you do it. Yeah. I am... Um, well, of course it works when you do it because you're not eating anything. Yeah, exactly. I can't. I'll talk. I'll, I'm going to tell this story and then I'm going to ask my mom if it's OK if I keep it in. But I can edit it out. So when we moved to Belleville, one, it was hard. I was an anxious child. So my mom is, you know, struggling. And then she did Dr. Bernstein. Oh, is that the injection one? Yeah. yeah you have to go get shots of B12 because you're not eating enough calories mm -hmm. to keep you energy. Like you're not eating enough carbohydrates or the, the calories. She lost, I think, like 60 pounds on it. Like she was really small, but she had to go get injections of like like B12 and stuff to keep her energy yeah. up because like you're, and she was like cold all the time because mm -hmm. you're literally just not nourishing your body enough. I think it's like 500 calories typically. Yeah. Five to seven. Yeah. It's, and you're, yeah, yeah. you're, you're losing calories. They're teaching calories. you how to have an eating disorder. Yes. And that's the thing. And, and I think there's this generation of people mm -hmm. from like, I, I don't think Gen X has it, but like millennials, whatever's older than us. I don't know about Gen I'm, I'm older than you. I'm Gen X. Yeah. So I'm, oh, wait, no. Gen, no, Z, Gen, Z, sorry, Gen Z. Gen Z, Gen Z is yeah, below the, us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I don't know if they have it as much, but like the the diet culture, you know, there's always Weight Watchers, mm -hmm. Curve, um, the Jenny one Craig, Jenny Craig, LA Fitness, Slim Fast. Like that's what LA I grew Willis. up watching. Mm -hmm. And like on the mm -hmm. front of magazines, it's like, look, <laughs> look at this celebrity. Now they're this size. So I was like, like, that's all you're bombarded with all mm -hmm. the time. So like the first time and and no shame to my mom, like she put me on Weight Watchers when I was I think I was in grade six because she was so worried how other kids were going to treat me. Yeah. But how does that look when you're putting your kid on because other kids are bullying them because of their weight? I'm like, why don't we teach the other kids not to bully the kid yes. who is a bit chonkier? Like, and even also then, kids. Yes. You have chonk. You're a child. Yeah, I was a child. Like, yeah, I, I just didn't go through my growth. Spread. And then in grade eight, I went through my, I went through like puberty or whatever. And, and like, then I was, everyone was like, oh my gosh, what'd you do? I was like, nothing. I just, you know, I'm not a child anymore. I lost my baby fat. <laughs> yeah. It's really challenging because down in the States, they've just in the last month put together, I think it's the AAP uh, guidelines for children that will include the option of weight loss medicine for Fuck. children, as well as talking about weight loss surgery for children. How? How? Yeah. I just, I, I can't even process that. Yeah. Teach the kids the good, like, I just, I, I have so many feelings because I have yeah. a 14 year old yeah. and a three year old and my 14 year old is genetically just 
tiny. Mm-hmm. She's a very small person. And Can her we throw geogra- shade on her teacher? Yeah, yes. fuck it. <laughs> I, I cannot. I'm so fucking angry about this. But her geography teacher calls me and was like, Kate's just a little bit, you know, like she might get because it was her last period of the day. She was like, you know, she's a little bit like, you know, quiet and reserved. And, you know, I find when the kids don't eat lunch that you know, their energy levels tend to decrease. And I was like, well, I'm like, I mean, she definitely eats lunch because I see the debit transaction on my phone every single day. (laughs) Like she won't pack a lunch at home, but she definitely eats because there's multiple debit transactions. Right. And she's like, oh, well, you know, when she's wafer thin like that. And I was like, okay, we're going to just pretend you didn't say that. And I was like, no, no, I'm like, it's just genetics. I promise you she's eating. She's like, oh, well, with teenagers, you know, just got to, I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I get where you're coming from, but like, it's fine. Like, don't. And then on a subsequent call, she did it again. And then I lost my mind. I got to listen to her be like, no, we're not doing. And I was like, get it. Yes. Like, tell her. We're not doing this. So it's like, and uh, I think that people kind of sometimes they don't realize it happens with very small people too. Yes. And it's not just bigger people that experience this kind mm-hmm. of like body image issues. It's like my daughter struggles with being too small. And yeah. I think we have to recognize that every single human can struggle with body image issues. Yeah. And people in larger bodies have that plus the mm-hmm. systemic fat phobia mm-hmm. that yeah. exists like in airplane chairs and, <laughs> what the you know, fuck, man? concert venues. Yeah. And like, so yes, and so the yes, yes everybody can. And there's a problem with the fat phobic content that is society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Just saying mm, you're too much for our venue. You're too much for uh, us. So thank you. I've been called too much a lot in my life yeah. for many reasons. And I think as a female that can happen to you for so many things, being louder, being bigger, being you're going to get told you're you're too much a lot. And it's getting out of that mindset that you know what I tell those people. Fuck off. Go find less. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what I'm calling this episode. Go find less. Dario. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so hard. And, I, you know, I look, I don't think people mean to do it, but it is so, as you said, it's just, it's, it's systemic. systemic. It's yeah. ingrained. And um, I look at like my nieces and nephews, you know, and, and it's just, it hurts me like <clears throat> that my one niece gets called like a bull in a china shop. And I'm like, she was a little boy. She'd just be a little bit rowdy, you know, yeah. like, or, you know, they have to watch what they eat more because we don't want them get, I'm like, I don't think we need to do like, yeah. it, it is this, I think as a female, you know, I got to watch my brother. He, he, he was trying to be big. Mm-hmm. I was watching how much I was eating and he was trying to eat as much as he could because he was playing rugby, you know, and he was trying to take in like, like 3000 calories a day. And he was putting like powdered milk in his milk for more calories and then on the other end of it you have younger women who are are in these calorie deficits so we're not we're not taught to we're we're not set up for greatness no by any means no we're literally set up to fail yeah like 100 percent. yes if you just but that's the thing if you just took like the media part away from it it still doesn't even change anything Mm -mm. because you still have people walking around you or like for me, it's taking up space. Yeah. That's like my biggest thing. You don't is, want to or you want no, to? No, I do not want to. Oh, why? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I just want to be as small and like kind of compact as possible. So I inconvenience as no little one. amount of people as possible. Mm. You know, that's problematic, right? Oh, yes. Okay. 100%. <laughs> I'm very, very aware of it. Yeah. 
Oh. It's hard, right? Because I, I've been there. I've not wanted to take up space. I've tried to not take up space. I've, you know, done all the things. I, I say, you know, I was on diets on and off for 22 years. And if you go on four diets a year, that's 88 diets. So too many diets. One yeah. is too many. Yeah. Right? Just... Like 88, like if I was going to average it out. So for me, it's it's recognizing that every single human Mm-hmm. Is enough. I have a tattooed on my arm. It says enough. Um, is enough as they are. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to earn enoughness in reality, but society is kept, keeps telling us you need to earn it. You need to be smaller. You need to be smarter. You need to be make more money. You need to be whatever it is. But we just actually are enough, just existing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a human in this world. And that's my message to people is – the BMI is BS. <laughs> you are enough as you are. And the doctor doesn't need to weigh you unless it's for medical purposes like medication or surgery. You can tell your doctor um, you. you don't want to be weighed. Eight That's years. My doctor's never thing. weighed yeah. me. And you can say if they do like have to have to weigh you, you can like turn around. Oh, so that's what I do. Yeah. See, yeah. And then my endocrinologist told me, oh, you need to lose weight after I told him I didn't want to see the number. <laughs> Great. Was, is he local? Yep. Does it start with a Yep. Got it. He's mine too. Shut up. That's like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I fired him. I was like, no. Like after that, I talked to my family doctor and he was like, no, you don't have to put up with that. He's like, fuck that. He's like, I'll take it on. I just, he's discharged me now, but I just, um, I could take it with a grain of salt now. Like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. you, do, you do you, sir. Like, um, yeah, because he's not going to change. He's not going to change. Yeah. And that's what I say. There's such harm being done. There's a doctor that's local that's telling people his weight loss story as if that that's going to be scientific enough for other people. Yeah. (laughs) Other people to then lose weight. I think that's the thing, too, is like, you know, I can see these weight loss stories and I'm like, good for you. But like, I'm not in a place right now. I've done it. And I look back Mm -hmm. and I'm always like, how did I do it then? And I can't do it now. And I'm like, well, I wasn't doing it health in a healthy way. Right. And you know what? Maybe I'm just happy now. And I can love my body. One thing I also learned because my roommate, um, who used to be really like, she was just tiny. She had like no boobies, no butt. (laughs) And now she got like this juicy booty and we always like love her boobs now. Like we just, they're so great. Um, And so we all found out uh, that you go through like a second puberty. Maybe we just tell ourselves this to make us feel better. But like your body as a woman, when you get into your like mid 20s I'm pretty sure you go through like a second puberty so your body's like ready getting ready to like birth things well so you're changing all through your life though menopause changes your body like there's just so many parts in women's lives children changes your body absolutely like Like, there's just yeah have you heard this thing where they're like all about like supporting dad bods blah 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 but but they're not supporting mom bods but they're the ones that gave birth to the child yeah like let's let's oh so much There's a lot to think about when it comes to body image, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that can be a real struggle is being in photos. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Mm -mm. Right. So at the end of the month, at the end of March, I'm doing a four-hour workshop and it's called More Than a Body. And it's me and a photographer. And we're going to do body image stuff. We're going to do meditation. We're going to do yoga. And then you're going to have a private photo shoot. I think I need those. With a photographer mm-hmm. who's going to. And so the the launching of this program has some images of myself. And it still wasn't easy. I'm 10, 11 years into this journey. And I was like, well, that's going to be on the Internet. <laughs> right? I think. So can, is that a workshop that people can sign up for? Yeah. So it uh, the registration opened March 2nd. Okay. And um, 
It's Sunday, March 26th from 10 to 2. And I'm going to do a, like a little yoga practice and we're going to do a meditation and it's all going to be focused on body. And we're going to do some takeaways. We have some really great partners who have offered some raffle prizes and we have like these really amazing um, gift bags for people. And it's small. It's going to be eight people, eight to 10 people. So just really small, really intimate. Um, to give people an opportunity to get in the picture safely. Mm-hmm. Because the hardest part is if we don't show up in photos, we're saying we didn't feel worthy enough to exist. Yep. And that's not okay. We need people who are in the photos and saying, I am here to take up space. Mm-hmm. I am here. I am here. And be too much. Yeah. Do it. It's worth it, it. It's okay. Yep. Right? Our bodies are are always up for debate. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be, but they are. So my debate position is it's my body. So I'm going to do what I want with it. I'm going to do what I want with it. What are steps someone could take to start their healing journey? Like find someone to work with because doing it alone is what I did because there wasn't what I needed back then. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was hard. Yeah. Right. Like even to not have people to talk about the books with, like there's so many great books out there and I didn't have anybody to talk about them with Mm -hmm. um, other than people who are online as well. So to have someone in person, um, to have someone who you can share your story with and they can hold it and allow you to be vulnerable, right? And to admit that I don't wake up every day and love my body. That's okay. Right? It's okay. It's that whole like body neutrality thing. Yes. Oh, what's that? So body positivity is kind of like almost a little bit toxic. Cause sometimes Just a little bit. It absolutely some, is. Like some days I wake up and I love my body and the way it looks. And sometimes I wake up and I'm just kind of like, eh. That's okay. my body. <laughs> That's one of those. I think too, I realized not not just from um, like a weight point of view, but when I was younger and to this day, like I don't think I gave my body the respect it needed when it came to um, like nurturing its well-being mm-hmm. because I I wasn't, I was an athlete, like not a great athlete. Like I did sports and I did sports <laughs> that took its toll on my body. Yeah. Like I've had, I think I've had five concussions and, you know, I've taken my back out and now at the ripe age of 27, I'm like, oh shit, now I can feel that. Yeah. So the gym routines I used to do, like I literally can't, I can't let my, I can't do it anymore because my body is just in pain. Yeah. And it's taking that time to respect your body enough and not just put it through the ringer and know that it's going to get you places, but that you have to take care of it so that you can keep walking and like yeah. keep going. It's... um that's interesting you bring that up. I was a gymnast growing up mm-hmm. and I had my first knee surgery at 14. Whoa. And then my second knee surgery at 17. Holy shit. Um, and then I was like, I'm done with knee surgeries and my knee is still not okay. Mm-hmm. But because I danced and because I did gymnastics and because I, you know, again, did sports. Yeah. I was also a bowler. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Wasn't as good as my brother. My brother was really good, but um, I was a bowler. Do you have and pictures of you as a bowler? I want to see them. I have a really bad picture of a group of us as love a bowler, it. but that's about it. <laughs> love it. My dad was our coach. Like it was, it was, it was lots of nepotism happening. Yeah. We know about that. We, we love that here. <laughs> but at 14, when I had my first surgery, so I'd been in physio for nine months prior to mm-hmm. that. And I disconnected from my body. Yeah. Right. Like at 13, I was like, well, that's over. 
right? Everything I loved, everything I did, everything I was known for was over, mm-hmm. right? Um, in my mind at 13. And so that just continued throughout the rest of high school because that was the beginning of grade nine. And then my next surgery, I was in grade 12. So like it could have encapsulated my entire high school career was like these surgeries. And that respect of the body is so fascinating because mm-hmm. I think we don't know how to do that no. a lot of the times. And we're not taught how to do that no. appropriately. Yeah. Right. And it comes down to body neutrality for mm-hmm. sure is very respectful of our bodies. And so instead of telling yourself you're not good enough or that this is happening or, you know, your thighs touch so you're not good or your belly has a roll or whatever it is, um, bellies and arms are really female-centric and thighs are very female-centric issues. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I do love doing and my friends and I do it is like we'll clap at each other with our thighs. Like when something's great, that. we'll just like clap our thighs. And there, we have so many videos of just us like – Taking power back. I yeah, like, it. like you just have yes. to take it back. Like, why not? I remember yes. when I would play soccer, my thighs would clap together and I'm like, they're cheering me on. Here we go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that quite significantly. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. I, like if you ever want to have a good time, clap your thighs. It's so fun. I mean, to be fair, it's not like I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it happens and you're like, oh, it they're cheering naturally. me on right now. Sorry, yes. I interrupt. The stripper told me how to clap my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I pin- yeah, I'm sorry. I totally interrupted you with my thigh clapping thing, but that is very woman centric. The yeah, the where our weight is upper arms, bellies, and thighs. Um, those are just where we get the focus, right? And mm-hmm. it's interesting because those are the areas that um, you know we wrap people we love in our arms, but we don't yeah. think of that. We let no. people rest on our thighs and lay their heads in our laps, and you know, like there's such. I want to say sensuality, but like not sexuality. Like it's like care. It's yeah, like, like it's so just incorporating love, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And we love through so many different ways, and we don't focus it towards ourselves. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm and very guilty of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like we would never say the things that we say to ourselves to somebody else. If we're a good human. I'm so mean to myself. Right. And I help people change those narratives. Like that's a big part of this, right? So big part of the workshop is going to be changing the narratives, right? What do you say to yourself and what are you going to leave here saying to yourself? Mm -hmm. Because what happened with me, the reason I have this tattoo that says enough is I, when I started my journey, I had this bracelet that I wore every day. I had a bad body image day. I didn't take it off. So (laughs) there was a lot of bracelet wearing and the more I recognize that I'm going to need something a little more permanent than a bracelet to remind myself of this, because the whole point of the bracelet was to remind myself that I was enough. You can leave the house. You don't need to try on 10 outfits to do that. Just go. Um, So in March 2014, I got this tattoo. And that has been one of the biggest things for me is having a permanent place that I can just look at and go, oh, right, Mm -hmm. I'm enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And then my other tattoo on my arm is a lotus. Um, because the saying is no mud, no lotus. You know, we grow through the mud. Mm-hmm. We get beauty through the tough stuff. Yeah. I don't want people to have to experience the tough stuff to have beauty. And people are going to experience the tough stuff regardless of whether I want them to or yeah, not. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And my tough stuff might be somebody else's easy stuff. Oh my yeah. gosh. Absolutely. Which is why talking to friends can be problematic sometimes mm-hmm. when you're bringing things up because they're like, I don't get it. Why is that a problem for you? Yeah. Whereas yeah. a therapist is, or a counselor, I, I prefer counselor, is like, 
okay, let's hold space for that and figure out how you want to move forward. Mm -hmm. I think the other great thing about counselors or therapists is they're coming at it with an unbiased lens, you know, like the, if, if I'm telling my mom, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> um, but like if you're talking to your loved one or something oh, yeah. like, and even when my loved ones are telling me things, I want to protect them and fix it for them mm -hmm. where sometimes just talking to that person who's not like right in it yes. can give you that other perspective and, yeah. and make it a little clearer for you. They're more objective. Yes. That's more it. objective. I would love to say that all, uh, counselors and therapists are not fat phobic, <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah, there's just a lot of people out there who are like, well, maybe if you lost weight, you would feel better. Do you know my favorite shit people have said to me? <laughs> Do you think you could go off your antidepressants if you like went outside more and walked more? <laughs> I was like, nope. no, I don't. <laughs> no. I think that'd be a horrible idea for everyone involved. <laughs> I think it's a great idea to marry those two together. Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with both of them together. Yeah. Why yes. not both? Well, because one stigma. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. stigma. So many people come to me because they want to get off medication. Um, and I'm like, how about we just keep that in and mm -hmm. we work on some other things. But the second one is often antidepressants and anti-anxieties cause weight gain. Hello. Yep. Let's mm -hmm. talk. Yeah, just quick side note. So when I got diagnosed bipolar 2, I got put on a mood stabilizer. What did my doctor tell me? Your number one side effect is weight gain. What did I have? Disordered eating history. Did mm -hmm. they know that? No. So I went on a mood stabilizer. I gained 25 pounds right when COVID hit. I downward spiraled, but the thing is I couldn't get the weight off no matter what I did because the pill was like keeping it on. Mm -hmm. And so now I, I, after therapy and discussing with my family, because I went on another mood stabilizer um, that I didn't know caused migraine, like, oh. like had a side effect of headaches. I'm a migraine sufferer. So I was getting four a week oh, and I was, I was having to go to the hospital for like, like um pain like drips yeah. just to make them go away i'm still on an antidepressant i will always be on an antidepressant and i know that but i had to make the decision i was like a mood stabilizer is not giving me the positive effects i need right now yeah. and i think that's one thing with medication is like some things are going to work and some things aren't going to work absolutely but you need to do it with therapy and like be open about what you're doing yes that's my little tidbit of the day <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one yeah medication is hard because if you need to be on it, you need to be on it. Mm -hmm. And we can't be fat phobic about that. No. Right? We we really mm -hmm. have to be like, this is what my body needs yeah. because my brain needs it. Yeah. And then move forward with that because mm -hmm. too many people want to stay off of it or get off of it because of weight gain. Yeah. And I, I just... I'd rather be fat and happy. Yeah. Right? Like, literally, Honestly. it's like, I would rather... That's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I would rather live in this body and feel, you know, the joy in life yeah. than to be the depressed me because I did that. Like when I was pregnant, I yeah. stopped my all my antidepressants wow. because I was like, I just want to make sure like, you know, the baby's fine. And my doctor's like, no, 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 you can stay on them. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm fine. How'd that go? Not fine. Not fine. <laughs> Very not fine. I think too, that's, yeah, it's yeah. ending that stigma. And again, like I've been in therapy, I've been medicated for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I am very proud of, of being medicated and going to therapy because it's been a long journey and I've come so far from where I was. And I, I don't think anyone, it, it takes time to overcome that. But once you do, it's kind of a beautiful mm. thing. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. And to give yourself permission to take care of yourself in that mm -hmm. way, right? It takes a lot of strength mm -hmm. to, sh again, show up for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Taking the right medication doing self-care, um, going to counseling or therapy, 
being accountable to someone else is all showing up for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Getting the towel that's the right size, sewing two together, whatever it takes. Like, <laughs> honestly, just, like, be Turkish, just be comfortable. Just be comfortable. That yeah. was a big thing, too, I had to do. I was like, when I did gain weight, I none of my pants fit. And mm-hmm. I was getting so upset. And finally, I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to buy new pants. Why yes. am I just, like, fixated on these pants? I can just go buy pants that fit. Clothing is made for you. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to fit into the clothing. Yeah. Yes. There's always options. It's honestly yeah. why leggings are life. I love leggings. Fuck, yes, yeah. leggings. Or like a stretchy jean. I love yeah, a good stretchy it. pant. Yeah. Maternity pants. Fucking love them. <laughs> very comfortable. Straight up. I, it was like the best part of being pregnant. I was like, everything is stretchy everywhere. Yeah. That's when I first learned that those kind of pants existed. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like like these pants, they're stretchy everywhere. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, why, why can't all pants be just stretchy? Give me all the stretch. Yeah. I like it. And you know what? If Winnie the Pooh can wear a crop top, I can wear a crop top. So I'm not mad. This has been amazing. You are just a joy. Thank you. And you made me feel, I feel like we started this week off with positivity. And I hope it's You're just like, you have like all the good aura vibes. And I'm sure that was work to get to a positive place you are now. Absolutely. um, So you have the workshop in March. Yes. And people can register online in March. March 2nd March for that. 2nd, yeah. Is there anything else you want to shout out? Um, you can follow me on social media. We will Love share that, that in okay, our show awesome. notes. And um, be kind to yourself. Yes. Be kind to yourself and show up for yourself. Yeah. You that's going to be first. like my takeaway yeah. for, from today is to be nicer to myself and yeah. to like not feel bad. Like this morning, I felt bad about putting on eyelashes. No. Why? I was like, you know, I don't... I don't know. She walked in. I was like, damn, you look good. You like, always look good. But like, no, but like, I'm, I'm trying to take the time to like, look presentable is like the wrong word. Because like, even if I don't wear makeup, I feel like I can still be presentable. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's a weird, I'm struggling with that one right now. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, if I don't wear makeup, I'm still as worthy mm-hmm. of a person. Absolutely. And I'm still as talented. I'm still as knowledgeable. And I'm still as all these things mm-hmm. as the same person who does wear makeup. But it, I feel good when I do. Yeah. yeah. I honestly wear makeup like once every two weeks. Yeah. So this is my once. This yeah. is my now once you too. Now you won't see me for a while. <laughs> no, I'm going to get home and rip them out and <laughs> wash my it. face and yeah. put a pimple patch on my chin and Ugh. go all about my day. I love it. And again, it's a, it's just about taking care of yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you can look at wearing makeup, not wearing makeup as taking care of ourselves, mm-hmm. sometimes you need extra sleep. Yeah. So makeup's yeah. not a priority. Yeah. Sometimes you have a leisurely morning and you want to put makeup on. Like whatever. Yeah. Right? Do your hair. Don't do your hair. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. No. Right? So I have but to it's okay to myself. want those things. Yeah. Exactly. And it's okay to not want those things. Yeah. That's because what I. Yeah. It's just. And things that bring, I think one thing I had to learn is like my one friend, like she loves skincare products. She mm-hmm. loves makeup and that brings her joy and I can't bring her down for that. But then like, you know, my thing is not like I don't wear makeup yeah. and but and she doesn't bring me down for that. So yeah. it's just like everyone has their thing and let them have that. Let them have that joy. Yes. That was amazing. It was. I just, yeah, she has like, she's. I, said, I think I said this in the podcast that she has like one of those like auras that's just very comforting yeah, and like very safe. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I can see why she's a great counselor. Yeah. I, uh, I think I, like I would go to her. Yeah, for sure. And I think, again, everyone should go to therapy and fully agree. Um, 
she was just very open and I think even as I'm editing this episode as I was editing this episode and listening to it back like I opened up about a lot of things that I'm still working on yeah and I think just having those conversations and being around people you can have those conversations with is important absolutely I fully agree. And if anyone's struggling and wants to chat, like you can always slide into our DMs. Slide into or our email DMs. Us. Like I'm an I'm honestly an open book. Yeah, I for will sure. talk about anything. Same. Like That's 100%. why we have this podcast. <laughs> because I'm willing to talk about the nitty gritty. Literally anything. And like if you are struggling with uh, an eating disorder or anything along those lines, there's there's sources out there to help. And I'm gonna actually link it in the show notes. I just decided and if you don't know how to read show notes slide into our dms yeah we'll we send can them just to you. send it to you um but it is international women's day i know there was events around town today so i there hope is. you did get to celebrate can i toot my own home for a second do it so okay so with the radio stations we have we do a lot of our digital stuff with an outside partner mm-hmm. which is very common like that's just whatever it is what it is but i kind of manage a good chunk of that um, and then building things and kind of using the services that they provide for us in different ways than they expected. Um, so I got an email from, I guess, one of their executive people saying that they want to feature me in an article about women in radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really excited about it. And I'm really proud of myself. I'm really and, proud of you. And I got like the questionnaire today. And I'm like, oh, boy, that's a lot of questions. I'm so excited to... Is it spoken or is it written? No, it's written. I'm really excited to read it. And I have to take a headshot at some point. I just think you watching your growth, like I've known you for a while, yeah. um, but watching your growth over like the past six years has been incredible and watching both of our growth in this like seven month period has been incredible. Um, so funny story. I got an email today from our website host saying that babesofquinny.ca and .com are up for renewal because I registered the name on the 23rd of March. That is true because that I can't, I was on vac. I went to like a short Florida trip last year mm-hmm. and I came back and hated my job. And that's when I had like a mental breakdown and decided to quit where I was working and come back here. So we're like, I've almost been back for a year. Which means that we've probably had this conversation, we had the conversation about the podcast probably. In March sometime. Yeah. Like beginning of March. I want to know the date. I'll go back in our text. Okay. But yeah, so Babes is conceptually almost a year old. Yeah. That's so exciting. Oh my God, we did something. We we did the damn thing. And we stuck to it for a whole year. But like, honestly though, like even like, so there's dust on this little thing. Dust everywhere in here. Um... Just thinking about where we started and where we're kind of growing now, I think that we need to set babes goals. I think that's a great idea. Let's do that when I get back. Yes. Yeah, when you get back for sure. This has been a joy. It's been a great day. Thank you, Julie, um, for opening up to us and talking with us. All her details are in the show notes. Um, But, of course, if you want to partner with us, go check out our website, babesofquinny.ca. And under the partnership tab, we have some new options. And buy our merch. And that's it. Bye. Bye. The Babes of Quinny podcast is recorded and produced at Starboard Communications home of 95.5 Hits FM, Cool 100, and inquinty.ca.